episode 53. Harry glanced at Cedric, who nodded, and they left together. The great hall was deserted now. The candles had burnt low, giving the jagged smiles of the pumpkins an eerie, flickering quality. So, said Cedric with a slight smile, we're playing against each other again. I suppose, said Harry. He really couldn't think of anything to say. The inside of his head seemed to be in complete disarray, as though his brain had been ransacked. So, tell me, said Cedric, as they reached the entrance hall, which was now lit only by torches in the absence of the goblet of fire. How did you get your name in? I didn't, said Harry, staring up at him. I didn't put it in. I was telling the truth. Ah, okay, said Cedric. Harry could tell Cedric didn't believe him. Well, see you then. Instead of going up the marble staircase, Cedric headed for a door to its right. Harry stood listening to him going down the stone steps beyond it, then slowly started to climb the marble ones. Was anyone except Ron and Hermione going to believe him? Or would they all think he'd put himself in for the tournament? Yet how could anyone think that when he was facing competitors who'd had three years more magical education than he had? When he was now facing tasks which not only sounded very dangerous, but which were to be performed in front of hundreds of people. Yes, he'd thought about it. He'd fantasized about it, but it had been a joke, really, an idle sort of dream. He'd never really seriously considered entering. But someone else had considered it. Someone else had wanted him in the tournament and had made sure he was entered. Why? To give him a treat? He didn't think so, somehow. To see him make a fool of himself? Well, they were likely to get their wish. But to get him killed? Was Moody just being his usual paranoid self? Couldn't someone have put Harry's name in the goblet as a trick? A practical joke? Did anybody really want him dead? Well, Harry was able to answer that at once. Yes, someone wanted him dead. Someone had wanted him dead ever since he'd been a year old. Lord Voldemort. But how could Voldemort have ensured that Harry's name got into the Goblet of Fire? Voldemort was supposed to be far away in some distant country, in hiding, alone, feeble, and powerless. Yet in that dream he had had just before he had awoken with his scar hurting, Voldemort had not been alone. He had been talking to Wormtail, plotting Harry's murder. Harry got a shock to find himself facing the fat lady already, he had barely noticed where his feet were carrying him. It was also a surprise to see that she was not alone in her frame. The wizened witch who had flitted into her neighbor's painting when he had joined the champions downstairs was now sitting smugly beside the fat lady. 
She must have dashed through every picture lining seven staircases to reach her before him. Both she and the fat lady were looking down at him with keen interest. Well, 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 said the fat lady. Violet's just told me everything. Who's been chosen as school champion then? Balderdash, said Harry dully. It most certainly isn't, said the pale witch indignantly. No, Vi, it's the password, said the fat lady soothingly, and she swung forward on her hinges to let Harry in to the common room. The blast of noise that met Harry's ears when the portrait opened almost knocked him backwards. Next thing he knew, he was being wrenched inside the common room by about a dozen pairs of hands and was facing the whole of Gryffindor House, all of whom were screaming, applauding, and whistling. "'You should have told us you'd entered!' bellowed Fred. He looked half annoyed, half deeply impressed. "'How did you do it without getting a beard?' "'Brilliant!' roared George. "'I didn't,' Harry said. "'I don't know how.' But Angelina had now swooped down on him, Oh, if it couldn't be me, at least it's a Gryffindor. You'll be able to pay back Diggory for that last Quidditch match, Harry, shrieked Katie Bell, another of the Gryffindor chasers. We got food, Harry. Come and have some. I'm not hungry. I, I had enough at the feast. But nobody wanted to hear that he wasn't hungry. Nobody wanted to hear that he hadn't put his name in the goblet. Not one single person seemed to have noticed that he wasn't at all in the mood to celebrate. Lee Jordan had unearthed a Gryffindor banner from somewhere, and he insisted on draping it around Harry like a cloak. Harry couldn't get away. Whenever he tried to sidle over to the staircase up to the dormitories, the crowd around him closed ranks, forcing another butterbeer on him, stuffing crisps and peanuts into his hands. Everyone wanted to know how he had done it, how he had tricked Dumbledore's age line and managed to get his name into the goblet. I didn't, he said over and over again. I, I don't know how it happened. But for all the notice anyone took, he might just as well not have answered it all. I'm tired, he bellowed finally after nearly half an hour. No, seriously, George, I'm going to bed. He wanted more than anything to find Ron and Hermione, to, to find a bit of sanity. But neither of them seemed to be in the common room. Insisting that he needed to sleep and almost flattening the little Creevy brothers as they attempted to waylay him at the foot of the stairs, Harry managed to shake everyone off and climbed up to the dormitory as fast as he could. To his great relief, he found Ron was lying on his bed in the otherwise empty dormitory, still fully dressed. He looked up when Harry slammed the door behind him. Where have you been? Harry said. Oh, hello, said Ron. He was grinning, but it looked a very odd, strained sort of grin. Harry suddenly became aware that he was still wearing the scarlet Gryffindor banner that Lee had tied around him. He hastened to take it off, but it was knotted very tightly. Ron lay on the bed without moving, watching Harry struggle to remove it. So, he said, when Harry had finally removed the banner and thrown it into a corner, 
Congratulations. What do you mean, congratulations, said Harry, staring at Ron. There was definitely something wrong with the way Ron was smiling. It was more like a grimace. Well, no one else got across the age line, said Ron. Not even Fred and George. What did you use, the invisibility cloak? The invisibility cloak wouldn't have got me over that line, said Harry. Oh, right, said Ron. I thought you might have told me if it was the cloak, because it would have covered both of us, wouldn't it? But you found another way, did you? Listen, said Harry, I didn't put my name in that goblet. Someone else must have done it. Ron raised his eyebrows. What would they do that for? I don't know, said Harry. He felt it would sound very melodramatic to say, to kill me. Ron's eyebrows rose so high that they were in danger of disappearing into his hair. It's okay, you know, you can tell me the truth, he said. If you don't want everyone else to know, fine, but I don't know why you're bothering to lie. You didn't get into trouble for it, did you? That friend of the fat ladies, that Violet, she's already told us all Dumbledore's letting you enter. A thousand galleons prize money, eh? And you don't have to do end-of-the-year tests, either. I didn't put my name in that goblet, said Harry, starting to feel angry. Yeah, okay, said Ron, in exactly the same skeptical tone as Cedric. Only you said this morning you'd have done it last night and no one would have seen you. I'm not stupid, you know. Well, you're doing a really good impression of it, Harry snapped. Yeah, said Ron, and there was no trace of a grin, forced or otherwise, on his face now. You want to get to bed, Harry. I expect you'll need to be up early tomorrow for a photo call or something. He wrenched the hanging shut around his four-poster, leaving Harry standing there by the door, staring at the dark red velvet curtains, now hiding one of the few people he had been sure would believe him.